When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpavin. All right, let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to Conspiracy! The show. Nice. Because it's got the exclamation So point. jaunty. Saying it so jaunty. Way. I love Strong. it. If you listened to last week's episode, that means you're a fucking Patreon subscriber <laughs> and a goddamn <laughs> champion, mm-hmm. hero to the world. Uh, and if you did, you know my lineup from last week, my bevy of guests, the same. That's right. The same as twas before. <laughs> Tis again. That was a really impressive costume you just put on. Thank you very yeah. much. I love the cape. Yeah. That's Danger Van Gorder. Hi, everybody. And uh, he's in a band. Yes, I am. Called Countless One Zero 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 S. That's my. Tw- that's our Twitter handle, but yep. yes. Countless, Countless One Zero 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 S. Countless Thousands. That's interesting. Very it's good. how you pronounce it's that. Like Power Man 500. Oh, yeah. Remember them? <laughs> uh, yeah. Power Man 500 was 000. Zero, 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 so yeah, when zero, worlds yeah, collide? Yeah, I, yeah, this is I, what I, it sounds like. Y'all, tonight, the stars revolt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I unironically loved that song when it was out in the 90s. I unironically when Worlds still Collide. Loved that album. Yeah. yeah. It was really great. Spider One was that guy's name instead yeah. of. Was uh, it? That is Rob Zombie's. I, I was about to brother. say. Yep. Spider One sounds cooler than Rob Zombie's little brother. No. <laughs> yeah. I was a little too deep into Pokemon to, to you know research the names of the people making Worlds Collide. Hi, I'm Kid Brother Zombie. How are you? <laughs> Olivia Hydar is here. Hi, yes. Hello. Hi. That's me. Uh, I love that your last name also has a greeting in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fun. And Revores Langley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last week we talked about Project Sign, which was one of the government's early studies into UFOs and aliens and things of the like. And this week we're talking about Project Blue Book, yeah. which is the big government study into mm-hmm. UFOs. And almost it's less of a government study into UFOs and more of a government campaign against the idea that ufos exist yeah especially towards the end it really yeah it uh, turns into a debunking yeah. campaign which is which is very interesting because it kind of it began as that and then the people who got involved decided they wanted to make it not that they wanted right. to make it more neutral and then as time went on and more bureaucratic people went in charge then it ended up becoming more of that again yeah the cia gets involved at one point which uh, always a red flag. Mm. Yep. Uh, so Project Blue Book, <laughs> let's talk about it. Started in 1952 and wasn't shut down until 1969. So this is one of those wacky 50s and 60s government programs that, like, this is just what we were up to at the time. Yeah. It was so, and probably still now. Yeah. So good. We're though. better at hiding it. 
I just love this shit yeah. so much. Like, but back <laughs> then, we were like, are we going to be the Nazis, too? Like, are we just going to oppress everyone? Like, it was... And then it turns and, out, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we sure are. We are. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, but we also kind of weirdly believe in magic a little bit. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's a lot of uh, quasi-supernatural uh, stuff involved hey, here. Nazis believed in magic too, man. Yeah, yeah. That's why they were after the uh, the old uh, Ten Commandments yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. You've seen Hellboy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or <laughs> Constantine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love The Man in the High Castle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Raiders uh, which mm-hmm. and uh, Last Crusade. Project Blue Book had two goals. One to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security, and two, to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. And I said this in the last episode, and I I stand by it. This Project Blue Book ends up being like what the EPA is now, mm-hmm. sure. where at one point we have actual scientists who maybe, we don't know what they thought going into climate change research, but at one point they're all like, whoa, this is a problem. Yeah, yeah. And the government that funds their budget was like, no, it's not. Uh-huh. How about you write that a little different? <laughs> yeah. We'll make sure yeah, you yeah. stay funded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they collected and analyzed thousands of reports of UFOs. The name refers to the blue booklets used for testing at some colleges and universities. Uh, and, and it was thought that... Uh, Wait, is this name for Scantron machines? I think so. It's something like that. Yeah. No, no, that's for essay writing. Like oh, okay. you, 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 if you had an essay to write, it would be in that very specific yeah, blue I book. Yeah. Well, I, and there was also the theory that uh, aliens were telling us how much cars were worth, and so that was also. Oh, sure, idea. sure. <laughs> so it was this whole yeah the Kelly conspiracy. the Kelly aliens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're from Mars, uh, and uh, it was because study of UFOs at the time was, and this is a quote, as important as a college exam. Mm, what? Yeah. I, too seems cute a little more far. high level than that. Yeah. It, it's it's one of those where you're like, you know what? I actually didn't need to know. Yeah, why yeah. it was called that. <laughs> it sounds way. It sounds like a bunch of fucking nerds uh, named this. It probably was like Blue Book sounds mysterious and cool, and then what? you find out it's actually a goddamn Blue Book from college. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I love about this though is that most of the people involved are giant fucking nerds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and right, that's how you kind it lends it a little bit of credibility because they're just like these stodgy uptight like <laughs> you know you picture your classic 50s man with like the flat top right right the horn room glasses. that's a man's got a pocket protector exactly yeah. yeah and like to me that lends credibility to <laughs> oh, a lot yeah. of the st- their findings we'll call it project you know whatever louder business administration <laughs> college <laughs> uh so the first head of project blue book interestingly enough Captain Edward J. Rappel. He wrote the 1956 book that first revealed the existence of Project Sign and the estimate of the situation. The estimate of the situation. <laughs> he officially coined the term unidentified flying object. All yeah. right. So he is really one of the pioneers uh, yeah, he's, of yeah. UFO He's in the research. history books. I mean, yeah. that's... What he did at Project Blue Book, they basically analyzed all of these reports of UFOs. There were just thousands and thousands of them in the 50s and 60s. And he streamlined the manner in which they were reported to and by military officials because he wanted to alleviate that stigma that came with saying, hey, I saw a UFO. Right. And... As this project progresses, the government sort of turns that around and Mm -hmm. makes the project just about being able to stigmatize 
and discredit people who come out with reports like this. Yeah, yeah. He ordered the development of a standard questionnaire for UFO witnesses and commissioned the Battelle Memorial Institute to create the questionnaire and computerize the data. Used all of this data to conduct a massive study of all Air Force UFO cases. Completed in 1954, it was called Project Blue Book Special Report Number 14. I thought the first 13 were good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they were all right. A little uh, dense. The thing about this guy, he took the job really seriously. Mm -hmm. If anyone got too, like he wanted an objective analysis of what was happening. Yeah. And he didn't want people who were kind of like with their preconceived notions either way. He didn't want people who were too uh, insistent that UFOs were real. And he didn't want people who were too insistent that they were fake. And if like anyone I said last time, you don't want too many molders, you don't want too many skulls. <laughs> exactly. Let's get a whole team of skinners right down the yeah, fucking middle. Exactly. And they're all and it, also people from varying different viewpoints, like people who might lean one way or the other, but aren't letting it affect their uh, judgment. Right. Uh, he issued regular press releases and monthly classified reports, and uh, like we said, possibly the last government official who looked into UFOs in any sort of serious manner. Did I imagine, or is there a Trump thing with UFOs? Like when he got in there, he was like, he said something very direct about it. He's like, if there's UFOs, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get to the bottom Wasn't it Clinton who said that? Well, I know Clinton did because X-Files was huge. He was just riding the times. But I swear to God, I think Trump, when he... he, uh, I think we're thinking of Independence Day. Oh, am I? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sarah Sanders won't say whether Trump believes in UFOs. What oh, asshole boy. was asking about this? <laughs> Who was like, you know what? They, we need to take a, take a brief yeah, time. Well, out. they Slow let InfoWars in the press rooms. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they should get that out of the way day one. Just yeah. let all the fringe sites come in and be like, UFOs, what's your take? <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> so let's talk about the Robertson panel. This is, this is the point where the government starts sort of turning on Project Blue Book where they, they're they researching this from a not skeptical and not too believing, like sort of like a centrist sort of viewpoint right. on UFOs. And this incident happens in July 1952. It's one of the more famous UFO incidents where there's just all of these radar and visual s- sightings of unidentified flying objects around Washington, D.C. Oh, yes. That's so awesome. There's seven of them, right? Yeah. They're Mm -hmm. flying all over the Capitol and shit. Fucking rules. And (laughs) (laughs) that's true. That happens in 1952. And this led the CIA. So fucking red flag alert (laughs) right there. uh, Led the CIA to establish a panel of scientists headed by Dr. H.P. Robertson a physicist at the California Institute of Technology. They first met in January 1953. This part blows my fucking mind. They spent 12 hours reviewing six years of data before concluding that most UFO reports had real-world explanations and that all of them could be explained with a little more research, but that doing that research wasn't that important. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not real, dude. 12 hours. Yeah, right. That feels like, the CIA saying, hey, will you go in and fucking break this up, yeah. please? So Why don't you to... science this and tell us that it's fake? Yeah, exactly. Danger? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Do you think... <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, 
I'm going to edit out when you plug your Patreon at the end. Oh, my God. Okay, all right. In in college, like I I always thought that like um, uh, crop circles were really pretty. I'm like, oh, those are really cool. Where do they come from? And I looked into it, and like it's just it's just two kids with a plank of wood and some string, right? And you yeah. can do some really impressive stuff with that. So I was like, well, that sounds dumb. That's what I looked into when I saw it. But I uh, came across this other thing called fairy circles. Um, which was something that was reported a lot um, in like the Middle Ages into you know the uh, the early uh, 20th century or so, and that's like a little spot in a field uh, that was mysteriously flattened, and that's what eventually became you know people took that idea and ran with it and started doing like these crop circle stuff. But like that got me to this book called, uh, and I don't know if you'll be able to find this because it was hard to find back in the day, but Amazon's pretty you know Passport to Magonia. Terrible title for a very, very interesting book. The whole thesis is human beings have been seeing visitors throughout our entire history. Yeah. Those visitors have always matched our technological advancement. So, like, uh, Olivia, I think you mentioned in the in the, the last episode, uh, you know, back in the day, they saw chariots. And right. they, they, the, the gods coming down on chariots, and there'd be great wheels of fire in the sky, and then, like, cartwheels. And then they'd say, all right, there was these uh, men and beasts in, on carts flying through the air. Um, I remember they, they, uh, um, the book opens with an example of uh, uh, finding this giant um, stone lid to uh, a, you know, a sarcophagus or a coffin in Latin America. And like, looking at it, it looks like a, uh, a, a Mesoamerican from the you know, 1400s, you know, 13th century or whatever it is, uh, is operating a spaceship. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, but that's just because they didn't know what they were looking at. If you turn it from the side, you realize that, oh, no, no, this, um, this uh, uh, figure is being birthed from the ground, and there's all this like crazy like lava effects, and that's what people were misinterpreting as he's operating uh, right. this, this spaceship. But I mean, like... So that's all. They were just seeing a god birthing from a volcano. <laughs> sure. Nothing yeah. weird. No, no, and it's a really, it's a really compelling image. But the book then goes on to talk about how, like, no, human beings see visitors. There's something in our minds. It's, I'm yeah. sure, it's connected to our propensity to faith. You know, because people feel visitations from higher powers, um, and I feel like a lot of uh, uh, of UFOs, a lot of uh, um, uh, alien visitation comes from that exact same place. Because it used to be fairies, baby volcano gods. It could be a baby volcano god. Who knows? Well, it uh, it reminds me of uh, the airships uh, of the early 1900s. You guys know about the the airships? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, uh, there's a place in Texas that reported that like a big airship like crashed and they buried the uh, the beings in the town yeah. cemetery. But there, that but similar to what yeah. you're, what you were talking about, where uh, it reflects the technology or whatever. And uh, unfortunately, that era gave us uh, steampunk. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh there we go. Best possible <laughs> result. I, w- I would airships. say uh, just speaking to. That aspect of the of the descriptions of extraterrestrial beings, craft, and things matching the technology of the time, I think that could be just as easily attributed. And I, I'm pretty in the middle about most uh, UFO sightings and that sort of thing. There's a few that have been really compelling, and there's a few that uh, a lot more that have not been. Yeah, right, I think that's right. why this whole compelling. field's so fun. <laughs> but like, exactly. Just but, idiots with uh, pie when it comes to when it comes to that specific point, I would I would say it's just as likely that perhaps it 
it's just them using the metaphors that they have available to them at the time. Like flying saucers, you wouldn't imagine that it's literally just a saucer in the sky. It's this is the shape that we're or the, you know, the movement pattern or whatever that we're associating with it. And uh, I feel like that, I mean, sure, it could be that it is this uh, ingrained subconscious thing, uh, but it could also be a metaphor. And I feel like so many of those texts especially the religious ones, are buried under piles and piles of metaphor. Right. My my problem with the, oh, they just didn't know what they were looking at, like that, it requires all of these people to be really primitive and stupid, which mm-hmm. they were no, to and, some extent. But but, but not, they also like yeah. had maps of the solar system. Yeah. How? I mean, if you study the sky long enough, you'll see the heavenly bodies moving around as they should. But you're not going to get a map it out. detailed map. Well, I, that way. I would actually, I would say that you, that would be giving uh, ancient astronomers a little too little credit. Yeah. You know, people well, that's, were, that's always kind of my thing with the ancient aliens. All they had to do at the time was look up and be like, yeah, that moved. Like so much of the ancient aliens thing to me is is kind of disrespectful to ancient cultures. Yeah. It's like, oh, how could these Egyptians build this pyramid? Exactly. I'm like, math took a long fucking math. time, but they managed. I don't when know. you look at some of that, not just the pyramids, but there are some areas where the stonework is shit we can't do today. Like, yes, but that doesn't mean that they weren't able to do it then, right? Yeah, there right. Might but be it does imp- we don't. But know it about. does imply that they had some sort of advanced machinery that we're not uh, familiar yeah, with. Yeah, but also at the same time, we've also lost uh, untold numbers of documents. Yeah. Right. Right. right, right. Talk about Library of Alexandria. I mean, and then the, you know, you, it, a similar thing that I don't think anyone really tries to associate with aliens is the concept of Damascus steel. Uh, which is one of the strongest metals that humans have ever created, and no one knows how to make it. No one knows still yeah. to this day because the formula was lost in some library, <laughs> right? Right. You know, well, millennia ago. They yeah. talk about things like the Greek fire, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't disbelieve any person that says I saw this thing. I think they absolutely saw what they what they claim to see, but I think that. It's entirely possible that they saw something that their mind generated or their mind didn't quite understand. And that's not me making a judgment call and saying, like, they're crazy, because I think the human brain is set up to receive visions um, from other places or from like uh, th- that's how we you know that's where our um uh, our instinct for religion comes from you know we want to hear a higher power and and some of this is uh, um uh confirmation bias where people you know they could look at it in pop- popular culture they see well flying saucers are a thing and they might see something they don't understand um but I mean, at the same time, yeah, like uh, that this book, Passport to Magonia, which I can wholeheartedly recommend to everybody in this room. It's really fascinating. Um, it, it just talking about how uh, people can see things without being crazy, uh, and if they don't understand what they're seeing, the mind makes up for that. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. This See, definitely, yeah. and yeah, and that's a valid phenomenon. And I think that's mythology. That, yeah, it's, it's a folkloristic kind of approach. And yeah. I think that definitely explains a large number of UFO sightings. But I think the ones that make UFOs so interesting are the ones where that doesn't apply as easily. Uh, the things where there are multiple confirmed witnesses. Yeah. The, the things that we'll be talking about yeah. uh, with regards to Roger Blue Book, where there are you know credible witnesses, multiple credible witnesses, technological confirmation, and these sorts of things that confirm that there was a phenomenon 
we may it may be aliens, it may not, right. but there was a thing there. Yeah. And we can prove that. But, yeah. But uh, we just don't know what it was. And I, I just, I feel like the explanation too many times comes down to, oh, yes, a dozen people saw it, but none of them knew what they were seeing. Right. It was mass hysteria. It's like, I don't know. I feel like it can't always be mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. That's That's insane. So let's get back to this fucking the Robertson. the Robertson panel because this is what this is like the first step in undoing Project Blue Book, right. which up to this point had been legitimately looking into these things in a scientific way. They, like I said, they review six years of data for twelve hours and they come out with this final report that says uh, all of these can be explained except for the ones that we can't explain, <laughs> which we could explain if we felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they suggest that the Air Force gives up on investigating claims and instead focuses on a debunking campaign to lessen public interest. They suggested debunkery, which is such a great word. That Ooh, that's fun. Through the mass media, including Walt Disney Productions, and using psychologists, astronomers, and celebrities to ridicule the phenomenon and put forth prosaic or real-world explanations. By the way, the animation on You Didn't See Anything, Dipshit, is just (laughs) amazing. Weirdly racist. Yeah, and then the follow-up, You Stupid Rube, That Was Swamp Gas. Boy, (laughs) some of Disney's finest work. It also recommended that civilian UFO groups, quote, should be watched because of the potentially great influence on mass thinking. That seems like a <laughs> conflict to me, where they're like, yeah, none of this matters. But also, keep an eye on the people who are spreading this. I, we need yeah. To- uh, also, the people most concerned with, with mass thinking, <laughs> trying yeah. to get rid of yeah. other people. <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. Just, we can do that. Yeah. yeah. That's our and thing, no, is to fuck with everyone's else. brain. That is very America in the 50s of, we're going to have nuclear bombs and no one else can. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like it's kind of uh, wishful thinking, though, to think that UFO groups could have a influence <laughs> on mass thinking because right. they've never really. Oh, uh, yeah. It, well, it's like that shit when, you know, they sent like, uh, uh, you know, CIA or FBI or somebody to investigate like peace groups in San Francisco. And it was yeah. like 60 year old women baking brownies right, right. and like talking about how yeah. the Iraq war was a bad idea. <laughs> You're like, was it really necessary to send in the fucking fash for this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only the only thing that I, I think would make a difference then is people just didn't have as much to do back then. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, like there was like there were like one or two TV channels, yep. like there three was the, channels, the radio. Like you didn't Shall have we make some gelatin again. All this <laughs> shit that we have. So like a UFO group. That's a thing that could probably pick up 50, 60,000 members. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Grow yeah, enough. Yeah. So in December 1953, a joint Army-Navy-Air Force Regulation 146 made it a crime for military personnel to discuss classified UFO reports with unauthorized persons. Violators faced up to two years in prison and or fines of up to $10,000. And in 1953, also, the Air Force issued Regulation 200-2, ordering air base officers to publicly discuss UFO incidents only if they were judged to have been solved and to classify all the unsolved cases to keep them out of the public eye. So this really doesn't sound like there's nothing to worry about. Right. <laughs> yeah. None of this makes it seem like the government or at least, honestly believes there's right. nothing here. Nothing that the government would worry about. Because I, right. I don't necessarily think that 
like your average American would perceive uh, UFOs as a as a threat, but like right. the government is, especially in the fifties, is keyed up to any type of external threat. Right. And uh, whoops. So the important uh, UFO cases, which I don't know how they defined that at the time, because again, we're talking about uh, they're saying, well, no, let's start like debunking this. But also there's important UFO cases. Yeah. Like, would there be important UFO cases if they were so convinced that UFOs weren't Mm -hmm. a thing? Right. And they start siphoning the more high profile cases away from Project Blue Book. So then everything Project Blue Book gets to investigate is like the bullshit where mm-hmm. it's just like weather balloons and See, things. That's kind of where I would want to come in and work for Project Blue Book is like, <laughs> this, you know, investigating real shit sounds hard, but I would love to just go interview people who's like, I fucking seen three of them. <laughs> All right. They was they was flying. Then they crashed. And then uh, I mean, was was I drunk? Yes. <laughs> Did my woman leave? Yes. But I say, you know, that's what I want. I, yeah. <laughs> interview those guys. Yeah. You maybe wouldn't want to see the real stuff. No. Yeah. Because then you're going to be like, fuck, we're doomed, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> no one can explain this. It'd be like getting that job at Facebook where you have to review images that have been reported. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have want you- that job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there have been articles. There's actually a, someone filed a lawsuit against Facebook. Because Facebook was using contractors to do those jobs. Oh, my God. And they were basically bringing people in. It's just like a Blackwater guy with, like, wraparound Oakleys. Just like, fuck yeah, bro. That is racist. They were bringing people in, but it's not the racist shit. They were bringing people in for, like, six months at a time. And... Their entire job for six months was to look at fucking beheadings oh, and bestiality oh and okay. child porn okay. and all of this On really Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're the people who, yeah. when someone posts this shit, they go yeah. and take it down. But that oh. also means your job is seeing all of this day yeah. after day. Okay, and you get done with that job, and like a lot of these people have PTSD. Well, yeah. see, similar to Project Blue Book, like I don't want to see that. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I want to see where it was just like, well, that bitch thinks she's hot shit. I'm gonna report her because fuck her. And it's just you know, like the weird reports. Is just, you want to you be know. like the Judge Judy of it? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, all right, you two just need to work it out. All right, this is a ridiculous case. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. So, yeah, by doing all of this, the the Robertson, uh, the Robertson panel basically they undercut Project Blue Book and basically ended any meaningful investigation that they could do, and so eventually repelled requests for reassignment. And for the remainder of the project, Blue Book was headed by directors who either just vehemently disagreed with the idea that ufos existed or if they did maybe feel like they were on board with it the government would just cut their funding right so again it's a lot like the epa where if you were (laughs) confirmation bias like if you're in charge and you think global warming is a hoax the government's going to support you because our current administration wants global warming to be a hoax Right. Right, right but they also went to the epa and were like don't write about global warming just like the cdc can't write about gun violence yeah mm-hmm. like yeah, they're not exactly. allowed to do any studies yeah. into gun violence and that's our government that is right. like 
No, we'll take your money away if you look into gun violence. Right, which is fucked because in both cases, the army is doing both of those things and being right. like, hey, <laughs> we're, we're preparing actively for when the, the seas rise and no one has anywhere to go, you know? Yeah. And also they're looking into, uh, you know, how post-traumatic stress can, like, affect people who go fucking nuts and, and right. shoot up a fucking school because it happened to them at Fort Hood. So you can't, you know, it's it's one of those things where... Oh, if you want to dig into a juicy conspiracy, look into Mefloquine. It is, is that we, a drug? Yeah, that, we did an episode about it. Oh, I it's, thought you were going to say we did a bunch of it. <laughs> it's, it's oh, it was fucking crazy. Anti-malaria drug that uh, for for starters they used it to torture people at Guantanamo Bay what? because oh, it gives Jesus. you like, oh, like wild nightmares? hallucinations and things. Oh my god! But it also has been implicated in a lot of like army and military related mass shootings. Jesus Christ! And shit because people have to take yeah. it when they're going somewhere that yeah, might yeah. have malaria. And you have to take like you have to keep taking it, and it's not meant to be taken that way. Yeah, and it like yeah. drives people insane. See, I just I, I missed the British way of dealing with malaria, which was inventing the gin and tonic. Did that work? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Repel requested reassignment, and so by the time Project Blue Book Special Report Number Fourteen comes out, he's already gone. Yeah, and this is a. Special report number 14, it was a massive statistical analysis of the Blue Book cases, completed in 1954. They divided all of the reports of UFOs into categories knowns, unknowns, and insufficient information. They broke down the knowns and unknowns into four categories of quality, from poor to excellent, and the criteria for unknowns was especially yeah. stringent because they didn't want to go public and say, we don't know what this is, if they like could explain it, obviously. Right. Because that would undermine your credibility. And the main results, about 69% <laughs> of the cases, nice, were judged known or identified. 38% were conclusively identified, while 31% were still doubtfully explained. 9% fell into insufficient information. About 22% were deemed unknown. And that number is important. Yeah. Because when the Air Force reports on this later, they change that number to something like 3%. Yeah, it's like 2 or 3% or which something. Which, there's no reason to do that. Yeah. Unless yeah, really you're weird. trying to divert people's attention yeah. from something. Every every public statement that they've made about those actual numbers has been like not what's in the actual report. Right. Which is weird, considering... Very that, weird. Like, that's the whole thing about this report. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the known category, 86% of the knowns were aircraft balloons or had astronomical explanations. Only 1.5% of all cases were judged to be psychological or crackpot cases, which yeah. that's interesting to me, too, because that's like the go-to argument is, mm. it's oh, this fucking crazy person saw a star yeah and yeah. <laughs> we don't have to listen to them uh the higher the quality of the case the more likely it was to be classified as unknown which is another really interesting statistic right so that what they're basically saying there is the more witnesses to these things there are the less we know about them which yeah. that yeah. that kind of makes the the argument that the ones we don't know about that also happen to have like the most witnesses and the best yeah. details. Yeah. So what is that? Yeah. It's like, also the ones that they that's the number that they uh, the Air Force constantly plays down and right. severely minimizes. So yeah. It's it like, just, oh, a bunch of priests and uh, 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 cops and, 
And judges saw uh, an alien do a backflip off the high dive. No need to investigate that. (laughs) So what's really crazy about this report is those statistics don't point to, oh, there's nothing here. Right. Like there's a lot of unknowns that they like they looked into very seriously and were never able to come up with an explanation for it. But then the summary section of this report, which again was released after Repelt left, said it was, quote, highly improbable that any of the reports of the unidentified aerial objects represent observations of technological developments outside the range of present day knowledge. And what a lot of researchers have pointed out is that their summary and their final conclusion doesn't match their research. Right. As if they were either uh, they didn't want to accept what they had found. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, shit, this is extraterrestrial. Or that someone, again, in the government was like, no, that's not the direction you're going to take this. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to write this and say, there's no evidence. We didn't find anything. And they know that people mostly just read the beginning and end of those right. really long reports. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that happened to me in college a lot. You know, you'd write the uh, the abstract first, yeah. and then you'd actually read the book as you were writing the paper because you didn't actually read it in the first place. <laughs> and they're like, oh, William Blake didn't mean that at all. Or <laughs> <laughs> I have a great degree, you guys. So <laughs> Literature! It's at this point, I don't have the guy's name in the notes. What was... Oh, uh, J. Allen Hynek. Right. Uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was brought on with the Robertson Report, uh, the Robertson panel, uh, but then the Robertson pan- panel sent him to work for Project Sign right. as a associate uh, investigator or uh, whatever his title was. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and he was with uh, this project through from Sign through Grudge and all the way to the end of Blue Book. Right. Uh, and... He came in as a super hardcore skeptic, just came in thinking all of this is bunk. None of this is real. This is all, you know, there is a rational explanation for everything. Right. And what's interesting about him is he's probably seen more of these reports than anyone else. And uh, his general idea now has completely shifted to where he thinks that there are actually a a decent number of these cases that are – reliable and right. and could be true. Yeah. And I think that's compelling. Yeah. Like that. For sure. Like who would know better than the people who actually saw this stuff and worked mm-hmm. on it? And I think with him especially, like he, when this, uh, this final report came out, I think at the time even he was still kind of like yeah. on the fence, and then a few years later was like, eh, I thought about it a little more. Yeah, his not. his views are really interesting, and they definitely they evolved uh, very slowly over time, but in a way that is uh, believable of, as someone who is receiving evidence. He was always very candid about uh, his uh, uh, commanding officers, and uh, he said that it was only Rupelt and a later guy, Captain Friend, I believe. <laughs> yeah, no. He's not an alien. No, no major. I'm oh, sorry. Ma- major, major friend. friend. Major, major friend? He's a Hugh, major friend. Human friend. Yeah, I am your friend. Major friend. Uh, but he had, uh, He's. Th- those are the only two people who headed the project that he had respect for. He said, in my context with him, I found him to be honest and seriously puzzled about the whole phenomenon. And a friend, he wrote... 
of all the officers I worked with in Blue Book, he's Colonel definitely a human being. <laughs> he is the one who has the most human characteristics. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, he earned my respect. Whatever private views he may have held, he was a total and practical realist. And sitting where he could see the scoreboard, he recognized the limitations of his office, but conducted himself with dignity and a total lack of the bombast that characterized several of the other blue book heads. And then he took his glasses off and I stared deeply into his spiraling eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) In between this, uh, the Robertson panel coming out and blue book issuing this uh, report number 14, uh, Repelt leaves... And Blue Book is taken over just by a series of people who just don't give a shit. Like the government, it basically becomes government policy that Blue Book is now debunking UFO stories as opposed to researching them. Which, again, (laughs) nothing weird about that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing off about that at all. And last thing we'll talk about quick, the Condon Committee. This is what finally kills project blue book yeah and it was funded by the air force carried out at the university of colorado ufo project formed after 1966 congressional hearings about another outbreak of ufo sightings i believe these were in connecticut and it was directed by physicist edward condon that research produced the condon report in 1968 1485 pages in hardcover 965 in paperback Released January 1969, and I mean, obviously at 1,400 pages, there's a lot to dig through, but (laughs) this was the general thesis of that study. Our general conclusion is that nothing has come from the study of UFOs in the past 21 years that has added scientific knowledge. Careful consideration of the record as it is available to us leads us to conclude that further extensive study of UFOs probably cannot be justified in the expectation that science will be advanced thereby. And this is one of the defining moments yeah. in UFO research history, because this is the moment where every fucking like skeptic, borderline skeptic, like scientist, anyone, this is their thing that they yeah. point to and go, see, this guy studied it and he says it's not true. Well, fucking Project Blue Book studied it. Project Science studied yep. it for a year and was like, no, nah, it's real. Seems true. So- how do you decide who you believe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it was but it's it's still to this day pointed to as the the thing that basically killed UFO research yeah. Yeah, well, in this country. Project Blue Book itself was more interesting from almost like an office work standpoint. Yeah. Like imagine your day job for years and years just being to go into work and look at UFO reports <laughs> and decide what's real I did it for free most of my not. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's the Condon report that eventually kills it. And to this day, the Air Force's uh, standard answer, if they're asked about Project Blue Book and what they found, no UFO reported, investigated, and evaluated by the Air Force was ever an indication of a threat to our national security. Pretty comforting. There was no evidence submitted to or discovered by the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified represented technological developments or principles beyond the range of modern scientific knowledge. And there was no evidence indicating that sightings categorized as unidentified 
were extraterrestrial vehicles. Well, there you have it. And well, ma- and major friend was not a twelve foot tall <laughs> alien from the planet Umo in a suit. But there's a lot more to Project Blue Book, obviously, yeah. but we don't have. We don't have all goddamn day. I do. I Tweet really at me do. at Rivers Langley. If you want to talk Project Blue Book, baby, I'm down to talk. I find it. I find it really fascinating. It's really the only kinds of conspiracy theories that I can even engage with because now they're all so boring. It's just the Jews, and it's <laughs> yeah. like that, that's so such a boring conspiracy. Yeah, it's theory. like at least make them lizards. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, George Soros is. Uh, <laughs> it's he's paying to make people say that they're mad at the, the president. Yeah, and that that's pay protest. These are like yeah. those are like the hot conspiracies. Mm, no, and it sucks. We need to return to the nineties when the hot conspiracies were about Area Fifty One. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's our episode about Project Blue Book. <laughs> Uh, go out and uh, just fucking Google it. Yeah. Read, read up it. more on it. Uh, be careful. That second link for Project Blue Book, if you Google it, definitely a porn site that's going to give you some viruses. <laughs> I don't remember if it was Project Sign or Project Blue Book, but I was like <laughs> just starting to, to Google, and the second link, like the second <laughs> fucking Google search was this totally like fraudulent, oh, UFO evidence. And I click it, and it's like my fucking screen just lights up with, hey, you've won $10,000. Sounds conspiratorial. And, yeah. Hey, and They're this... just putting those pop-ups as a distraction. So you don't notice the shit yeah. they're actually doing. I looked down. My keyboard was mutilated. Someone cored out its asshole. Really weird. What uh, about Tower's thyroid? <laughs> this, uh, this episode is going to be really timely, though, because the History Channel is making a drama series called Project Blue Book. Oh, yes. And it's oh. it, their main character is going to be uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek. So That's awesome. It could be really interesting. I, I'm sure, Olivia, I'm sure you're on board as much as I am with that. And then I believe, if it isn't already out, it's coming out, they're doing a Jack Parsons show as oh, well. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, a billboard. Yeah, yeah. That. Strange Angel, I think. Yeah, so. Who's playing Jack Parsons? I, I just saw it on a billboard as I was driving, and I was like, Yeah, that's I'm, another thing that... I've always thought would make a good show. Yeah, you, you and I are simpatico in our yeah. appreciation of uh, mid-century modern weirdness. Yeah, totally. And it's totally. all coming true. The world's ending, but we're getting some good TV, goddamn Yeah, it. hey, there you go. Uh, what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Uh, Patreon.com slash Unpops. You can get two bonus yeah. episodes of this podcast every month, including... Last week's episode, Patreon only, which yeah. is about Project Sign. Yeah, that's right. Which was out. a precursor to Project Blue Book. <clears throat> it was uh, a and also, I don't know if by the time this goes up, uh, November 17th, I'm on the Two Dads comedy trivia show hosted by Jen Scott and Jessica Singer. Oh, fun. Uh, I am planning to murder motherfuckers. Yeah. At trivia, anyway. like not literal oh. murder. Oh. Like oh, I'm gonna okay. fucking, okay. I'm gonna have some answers Dude, for that ass. Can, can we play? Can we go do trivia sometime? Oh, like fuck yeah! I've been trying to find a good trivia uh, uh, partner for, for Alex a long time. Schmidt. Huh? Oh, Alex Schmidt. Who's our sports ringer? Is Schmidt a sports? Is he a sports? Oh, I can guy? do. I got sports. Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah, duh. Yeah. We got this. We're yeah. L.A. We're coming for your ass. Our trivia team. <laughs> I'm in. Olivia, what do you got to plug? Uh, you can uh, check out my Twitter at hi there hi It's H A I D A R, and I talk about a lot of bullshit. Danger. Hi, yeah. Uh, uh, go to patreon.com slash countless thousands. We are launching a Patreon to support writing a punk rock musical called Election. A punk rock, or sorry, Election, a post apocalyptic musical. It's going to be awesome. It's really great. 
We also just released uh, a new song called Space Nazis Must Die. Guest verse from Professor Elemental all the way from England. It's really good. It's really good. It's my favorite song. That we Don't play. you feel like focusing on space Nazis when there's so many ground Nazis is sort of... I think it's a, you know I think it's a really good bridge for a lot of people to say okay you know we can definitely kill the space Nazis maybe we can then have a conversation because there's a lot of people who think that they're still good on both sides mm. Adam the, the good on both sides of the Nazi slash non Nazi debate we feel otherwise but I think that we could probably get some of those folks to open up and uh, remember man you're really talkative 70, on this part of the podcast seventy years well I I mean I weird I've been looking into that kind of thing. That is so weird. I read a book once, and we talked about it earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Olivia, say goodbye! <laughs> oh, wait, can I plug? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. You haven't plugged anything. So no, I was trying to very kind of... <laughs> <laughs> You, yeah. No, you cannot. I don't want to tell them I'm going to be in Nashville. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I love Nashville. I Look love out for Nashville UFOs. too. Oh yeah, yeah. Not too. I'm going to have to drive through Fife, Alabama. This is a very famous. Uh, Rest in peace, Fife. Uh huh. Fife dog. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, Fife that Bill Hicks references actually on uh, where he's like, I can't believe that aliens go to a place like Fife, Alabama, like uh, some intergalactic Jode family. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, uh, yeah. So you can uh, find me on Facebook uh, or uh, no, don't. Don't look for me on Facebook. No, that's my yeah, shit. Yeah, that's gross. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Rivers Langley. You can check out my podcast. It's called The Goods from the Woods. It comes out every Tuesday on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, all the stuff. And uh, if you live down south, I'm doing a couple of dates in December. Find me in Nashville at the Third Coast Comedy Club on Saturday, December 22nd. And the night before that, I'll be at Standard Deluxe in Waverly, Alabama with a bunch of straight killers from the ATL. We're going to have a great comedy show out in the middle of goddamn nowhere. I'm glad Standard Deluxe is still around after yeah. what happened to Super Deluxe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Super Deluxe got way too ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> Standard yeah. Deluxe. Exactly. All right. Now, can we get out of here? Yeah. Good. Now that it's not rude. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Rivers, say goodbye. Goodbye. Danger. Bye, guys. goodbye. We-, we love you. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth. Your planet is about to be destroyed.